Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money in the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. Singapore's exports fell for an 11th straight month in August as our trade-reliant economy continues to grapple with global headwinds on inflation and declining demand. Official data, in fact, showed the country's non-oil domestic exports falling 20.1% year-on-year in August as both electronics and non-electronics exports to the United States, Europe and China declined. So, what can we infer about the health of Singapore's economy through these numbers? Meanwhile, China posted better-than-expected economic data for the month of August last week. But has its economic recovery reached a turning point and has the optimism that we saw last week fizzled out today? And finally, the U.S. Fed's Federal Open Market Committee holds its much-anticipated meeting this week. So will it hold firm on interest rates? Well, joining me on the phone today to discuss all of this further is Tarek Horchani, who is the head of dealing of Prime Brokerage at Maybank Securities. Tarek, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today. So Tarek, just to start off, how are markets bearing to start this new week? What's moving markets today? Actually, what is moving is what has been happening in the U.S. on Friday with uh, Nasdaq down 1.5%. Mm-hmm. We see some volatility on the, in the technology sector. Mm-hmm. This has been the power of the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq in 2023. Mm. Now the market uh, is uh, looking at the prices. It seems very expensive now to buy these tech stocks at its level. We had four review of the iPhone 15 uh, mm-hmm. last week, which has triggered some sell-off in the tech sector mm-hmm. and also on the microprocessor side. So now the market is really waiting for the Fed uh, that is coming this week. You mentioned it earlier and we will see what will happen. I don't expect any cut, but we can talk about it later. Mm-hmm. So it will be uh, still a bit of a volatile market till uh, Thursday mm. uh, morning, but I don't expect any major move uh, actually besides that. I see, I see. I mean, you mentioned those big tech losses that are moving markets here in Asia today. And I mean, NVIDIA and Meta platforms, they both fell more than 3.5% on Friday. We've seen big tech rallying earlier this year due to AI. Would you say the AI frenzy is over then? No, I mean, are you talking to the biggest believer of AI? Uh, I know for a fact that uh, companies like Google, uh, to mm. Google Venture, Microsoft I invested heavily mm-hmm. into these AI companies, uh, the private companies in the U.S. Uh, in the, from Series uh, B to Series E, I think these companies will go uh, IPO in the next uh, one to two years. Mm-hmm. You have seen the IPO last week of ARM. That was a huge success, uh, oversubscribed by uh, at least 10 times. So I don't believe it's the, the end. I just think that the market is on pause. But uh, microprocessor, anything uh, related to, uh, to that, all the ecosystem around AI will continue for the next uh, 10 years, in my view, and we'll, we will see some big IPOs coming in the next year. I see, I see. And let's just focus first on Singapore here. I mean, earlier this morning, we saw Singapore's Nodex numbers released. How is this STI faring in reaction to this data, Tarek? 
So uh, SCI is not really moving much. It's down uh, 0.38% mm-hmm. this morning, really more in line with the rest of the market. Mm-hmm. But these numbers is really a big problem for MAS, in my view. I don't know if you remember, but in April, they decided to keep the policies unchanged. Mm-hmm. They didn't move the band. They didn't move the, the appreciation of the Singapore dollar. Mm-hmm. And just uh, because they were worried that uh, the growth in Singapore will continue to, to fall. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, you, ha- you cannot ignore that inflation continues to go higher. You see oil prices higher. You see inflation is not really coming off. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a problem because if they want to attack this inflation issue, they'll have to at least change the center, move the center, or change the appreciation, mm-hmm. the path of depreciation of Singapore dollar. But uh, with this kind of numbers that we have seen in the exports in China, uh, in, uh, from Singapore, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to get any better. And we know that exports is a big uh, element of the growth in Singapore. So it's difficult, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't see anything positive in these numbers, and it's really across all countries as well. So mm. October will be a very important meeting for MAS. I see, I see. So, I mean, just to recap here, Singapore's non-oil domestic exports contracted for the 11th consecutive month in August, falling by 20.1% year-on-year. And this is worse than the 15.8% decline forecast by several economists and a Reuters Pool. Tarek, what does the latest Nodex numbers then suggest about Singapore's economy? Growth will slow. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we have to accept it. Uh, I don't think it will be a hard landing. It's going to be a slow decline and it's really in line with the rest of the world. I mean, Singapore is reliant on China. Even though China has better numbers, uh, it's still, we're still far away from uh, recovery in China. Uh, I mean, in the U.S. as well, we are talking about uh, uh, soft uh, landing. In Europe, it's catastrophic. Uh, uh, inflation is not stopping. The U.K. is the same. The ECB, BOE continue to raise rates. Mm. So uh, it's not really um, just on the Singapore case. I think uh, growth will still be there, will still be above zero, but it's going to be on a slow decline. And now the main problem that uh, MAS will face is to also contain this inflation. So I'm not completely negative on the Singapore economy. I'm very happy to live here and I still believe there's still growth to come, but uh, it's going to be slower. Mm, I see, I see. Well, is China still contributing to the recovery or slow recovery of Singapore's Nodex numbers? Even though we had very uh, good numbers in China last uh, week, Mm. uh, I think it's still too early for China to contribute on these numbers, actually. Mm. Exports in China show a drop of 16.4% in August Mm. and after a drop of 20.1% in July. Uh, exports to China. So as you can see, the trend is not uh, getting any better. However, I just want to sound too negative. I expect this trend to to turn around toward the end of the year. I think China is doing the right thing, taking the measures to try to turn around the market, but uh, it's going to take some time. Speaking of China, though, last week, as you mentioned, its economy showed further signs of recovery, and that's with a slew of economic data for August providing, you know, better than market expectations. But it looks like today, China's CSI 300 index briefly touched its lowest level this year. So has this optimism we saw last week fizzled out? 
I mean, you're totally right. They have done uh, many things to help the market, measure mm-hmm. to uh, interest rate cuts, uh, reduce stamp duty on stock transactions, which was the first time since 2008, lower mortgage rates, but uh, the market is expecting a major stimulus. And we have not seen that yet. So uh, no major stimulus, only these small uh, bits and pieces of things that they try to do to, to help the market, but no major stimulus. So yes, it has stabilized this. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have uh, 300 last week, but there's a lot of skepticism uh, from retail and institutional investors. I have not seen any new investors coming in the market, especially Americans are still out of the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's not really any major buyers in this uh, in this market yet. So uh, that's why you see now uh, the index uh, touch new laws. To complete that, uh, the property sector, which represents a large uh, chunk of the Chinese economy, uh, despite the effort to deleverage the sector, lots of companies have faced liquidity challenges. Just uh, last week, the developer mm-hmm. SinoOcean suspended all offshore debt payment uh, last week. So it is not really a good signal that uh, they wanted to descend to the market. And then this is reflecting directly into the CISI uh, 300. Mm, I see, I see. But would you say, you know, given last week's better than expected economic data, are investors no longer really worried about China's slower than expected recovery? I mean, are there still some concerns that remain? Let's say that they are less worried. And I can say that we have probably have seen the, the worst. It's just now the leftover on some issues with some corporates. They are in the right direction. The government is in the right direction mm-hmm. to have the market on the stock transactions, the stamp duty, on the lower mortgage rates, on helping new first buyers of properties. So we are on the right track. I would not be now buying the, this market today, but uh, I think we'll have uh, very good opportunities in the next few months. So, but uh, the market is still cautious. So it's a bit difficult to go from a very bearish market to a bullish, especially that there's really nothing new. And also, uh, it's also dependent on what's going on in the rest of the world. So mm-hmm. let's say I'm cautious, but more on the positive side and probably some opportunities toward the end of the year. So mm-hmm. tactically, there are still some good buying to do in China. So as you're an investor, I would still look at some names to buy. I would not just buy the whole market uh, now and uh, continue to observe the market. Okay, okay. So now let's look at the rest of the world as well, particularly in the U.S. In the spotlight this week, of course, we have that U.S. Fed interest rate decision. What can we expect, Tarek? Are markets fully pressing in the U.S. Fed to hold rates this meeting? So, you know, it's funny because when we talked last time, I told you that the market was pricing at least 100 basis point cut uh, mm-hmm. next year. And now mm. it's only pricing three cuts. Mm. And now we're even pricing a hike by the end of the year. So it's exactly what we talked about before. The inflation is still high. Uh, it's going to be therefore why it's a new paradigm in terms of inflation. Oil is at uh, above $90. Uh, so Powell has said what he had to say, which is uh, we need to wait and we need to be ready to hike again mm-hmm. if we have to. So I don't think he's going to do it this month. There's a one full hike priced in uh, in November, so probably hike, but uh, still uh, three cuts priced in 2024, mm-hmm. plus another one in 2025. I don't think it will happen. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think we'll, we'll stay at high elevated uh, rates uh, for the time being, and uh, the speech will change uh, after one or two months. Uh, Powell will 
come back and say uh, inflation is not coming off, our target is at 2%, uh, we are way above our target, that's their mandate, they cannot go uh, against this mandate. The only thing positive though here is that market now is expecting a soft landing. There is some softening though in employment, but I don't think any, there will be a recession, so we should expect Powell to say that they will continue to watch uh, inflation, they will continue to watch the market. They cannot hike too aggressively, otherwise we'll have a big sell of inequities, but uh, they will probably do at least one more and then stabilize for the next few months in my view. Okay, okay. So are you expecting them to hold rates this next meeting? This next meeting, yes. The most important for investors is to listen to what Powell has to say. And the tone of the speech is going to be very important. Mm. So uh, now you already started to change it. It's been better at it. So if he continues to say that they are still looking into raising rates, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on on the tone, uh, we can expect maybe one and market can turn around completely and and price two hikes uh, in the next few meetings. So this will be very important for the market Mm -hmm. and for the equity market in particular. I see, I see. How would you describe the current state of the U.S. economy, though? Very good data. I mean, I've been surprised. All data, uh, retail sales, uh, consumers have been spending. But now, with oil again uh, getting some traction higher, mm-hmm. we will see. But employees, employers have stopped hiring people. Uh, uh, there have been some cut uh, layoffs as well happening uh, lately, especially in the banking sector. So it's not as bullish as what it was a few weeks, few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the data have been very positive. So mm. all, uh, I think the Fed is looking at that. That's why they are a bit more comfortable to keep the rates at this level, mm-hmm. uh, but can turn around very quickly uh, if inflation remains the same. But I've been pleasantly surprised, actually. Okay, okay. You briefly mentioned oil there, and I just want to dive into oil markets for a second. I mean, some big news that made headlines before the weekend hit was that on Friday, the New York Times, which cited a court filing, reported that the state of California has sued some of the world's biggest oil companies and this include ExxonMobil, Shell, BP, ConocoPhillips, and Chevron. And they're claiming that they have misled the public. How has this affected the oil markets today? Actually, it didn't. Exxon is trending higher at the moment, so slightly higher. But it's interesting to see that the state of mm. California is suing oil companies on mm-hmm. over global warming issues. Mm. So, And it comes just during the week of the New York City Climate Week. It's not really surprising that they do it. I don't think, I'm not even sure they have the jurisdiction to do it. Mm-hmm. It could take some traction uh, during this climate week. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, personally, if you ask me, I think maybe it's not the right venue to do it, mm-hmm. but uh, it will probably... Uh, create some uh, awareness with people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very hot in Singapore. It's hotter <laughs> than ever. So, uh, I mean, uh, probably there's something related to that as well. But Exxon, uh, all these other companies are not trading lower. I mean, it's quite hard for them to trade lower with oil at $91. Though, so, okay, uh, okay. Well, as we still continue to watch out for oil markets, Tarak, before we let you go here, what else should investors be looking out for this week? Are there many things to look at? First, we have the BOJ meeting on the 22nd, and it's going to be very important to hear Governor Kazuo Yoda mm-hmm. and how he will uh, talk about uh, the yield curve control. I think the market now is really ready to see uh, this control to go away. 
the market is starting to price some rate hikes in Japan, uh, one for next year, one for 2025. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. And uh, looking at, uh, at the yen, especially that the Nikkei has really outperformed the market uh, this year. We have IFO numbers, the climate business climate numbers in Germany on Friday. Mm-hmm. I mentioned to you earlier that uh, ECB has uh, hiked rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, they cannot control inflation. It's very difficult now for businesses in all over Europe to survive with this high oil price. Mm. There's still this war with Ukraine and Russia is not over. Mm. So gas prices as well for the next winter will be important for these companies, Mm -hmm. especially in Germany. So this is also another number that is going to be important for investors. Okay. Well, it looks like we have so much to look out for. Well, thank you so much, Tarek, for your time and your insights today. Thank Thank you. you. We've been speaking with Tarek Horchani, who is the head of dealing of prime brokerage at Maybank Securities. I'm Hong Ben Jung, and this has been Money and the Market. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.